Welcome to episode 44 of the J-Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J-Bunny. Well, guys, after doing a couple episodes of the roundtables where we discuss a specific music topic, we're back to doing an interview. And on this episode, I interview my friend Jonathan Tuckerman, formerly of the band Bind, now in the band Slave Revolt. Um, in this conversation, we talk about both bands. We talk about what happened with Bind and how Slave Revolt came to be. Had a great time. It was great to talk to Tuck. I haven't seen him in a while, and I really hope that you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, here's Tuck. What's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I am here once again at home and on Skype and once again drinking the loveliness that is Ghost Hawk Brewery from Clifton, New Jersey. Joining me today from the band Slave Revolt and formerly of the band Bind, Jonathan Tuckerman. How's it going, Tuck? Hey, man. What's shaking, dude? Not been too a much. Long, it's been a long time, my friends. A very long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a thing. I was looking back, you know, to, to come up with the questions, and I, and I was trying to figure out when was the first time that I ever saw you play. And, and the first time that I became aware of you was when Bind was opening for Saliva and Dropbox at the Stone Pony in 2000, December 2004 for wow. RAT's Nutcracker Ball. <laughs> so you know 16 uh, you know 15 and a half years ago <laughs> feels like almost yesterday <laughs> <laughs> so but so like i was saying that was the first time that i became aware of you or any of your projects can you tell me you know how bind got together and sort of what their journey was up to that point uh yeah yeah B- uh, bind was a that started with uh myself and uh jim ivan's it was like the post high school band, if you want to call it that. Every all of our friends, we were all in different bands in high school, and for years, like like for, like you know, throughout your high school career, you know, you have the musician group of people, and Jim was a guitar player for a band. Uh, he was in a couple of bands. Uh, he was in a band called Behind the Shadow from like way long time ago. They were like the first grindcore like metal bands in the area, like that whole scene. And he was singing, he was also singing in a, um, and like uh, in, in an emo band, which was very good. Uh, Emo band was called my last hero. And I was in a band called stress fracture. And everybody always said, we've all been friends and everybody always said, you know, you guys need to get together and do something. And Throughout the high school career, we never, you know, the time, work, girlfriends, whatever. It was like, you know, everyone was doing their own thing. And then finally, my senior year, like toward the end of my senior year, like I was done with my one band or I was getting tired of dealing with it. And Jim wasn't in a band and we we got a couple guys together. We started forming what is now known as Bind. And we just... Uh, oh wow! I didn't think about it. <laughs> it's the memories are slowly coming back, so I apologize. But we had uh, we um, you know we got together with a couple of other guys, and we were starting slowly to write some songs. And the, the, it was like a band member thing; like we never really got it figured out. And we finally, uh, uh, I used to work at a video game store called Funko Land. If oh, you wow. oh yeah that was like before your game stop and all that stuff Funkoland was the place and i used to run into older musicians again i'm 17 18 years old and you know guys are coming in and they're you know early early 20s and i remember a couple of guys would come in all the time and i knew that they were in a band and just never really got it going and he hit you know we exchanged cds oh this was my high school band this is your band blah 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 and the dude happened to be the, the the drummer. His name was Rob. And he, pretty much long story to, a very long story to make it short, is he got our singer, which you know is John from Find. Right. So a couple different lineup changes, and we just started writing. We, we wrote a lot of material with Rob the drummer, and then he, it was a mutual split with him. He ended up leaving. It was a mutual agreement to leave. We didn't want to get rid of him because Rob is a phenomenal drummer. He was like the, uh, how do you say, he, he, he was more, he was like a musician drummer, not just a guy that bangs on the heads, you know, like he had a feel for song. He had a feel for 
you know, structure and things like that. And he always had good ideas. And he was a phenomenal drummer, unique style too. So he, we parted ways and we got uh, Keith, my favorite Eddie, who was the drummer that, you know, like he was just a powerhouse. And we, we just started playing shows all over the place. And we, and we had a, we had an age difference where you had a bunch of kids that were 17, 18, 19 years old and we had older guys in the band that were 22, 23, 24. So their band had some recognition. Our high school bands had recognition. And we just combined those forces. So now you had the 18 and older group and the 21 and older group. Right. And we were playing shows. And their following with our following made us a local, I guess, a local powerhouse. We were booking shows before when you saw us with saliva our relationship with the rat was an awesome relationship because we, we i'm hitting up um the the booking agents you know the guys from the pony the uh the birch hill club chrome the saint brighton bar like all, all the normal ventures on the jersey shore like those were all the spots to hit right and they said you know, you're like, they don't know what, they never heard this band before. And I said, well, it's this guy's from this band and this, and this guy's from these bands. And they're like, oh, and you know, you got to sell tickets. So the first like couple of shows, they're like, all right, we'll give you like 30 tickets. I'm like, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> I need more. Keep saying. And they're like, no, nah, no. Nah. Cause you know, they've heard this all before. And like two weeks later I come back and I said, I need more. <laughs> you gotta give me more tickets. <laughs> so we were able to play those shows with the rat because we were, we were bringing people not like that we needed to, but it just made the shows extra special for us. Cause it's like, we get to play with these headliners, get some, you know, get some exposure with those bands. And it was, a, it was a fun time for sure. Yeah. That actually, what's funny is that, you know, I was always a fan of, of saliva, but the, the real reason I went to that show was to see Dropbox because I had become, <laughs> familiar with them and become friends with with their singer john costco and that that show wound up being their last show like they they split really? after that and then costco did saint Cain for a while and now he's in another band that the, the new band's name is escaping me at the moment but yeah that wound up being the last show for dropbox so what happened after you know so i started following you guys buying in 2004 on on myspace because this is how long ago that was what happened to the band after that? Because I remember seeing that, that John had left and he had joined Second Skin. Did did Bind end up breaking up? Or I I hate to say it that, that this first breakup was probably my doing. Okay. <laughs> in in the in, in as nice of a way as I could put it, I felt at that time that that was a funny time uh, with like the two thousand and four two thousand and five like that whole year of oh four. I just felt, you know, as a young 20-something-year-old, 20, 20 and I ended up moving. I had an opportunity. I was young enough to do it, and I pretty much jumped to the West Coast. Okay. I, I felt like the band at the time, I, I felt like I was on a treadmill. Like, we, we accomplished so much as a local band, and at the time, the, the you know... The music industry was already in the process of changing. Like, we, you didn't see it. But, you know, in hindsight, you're looking back at it now, it was, like, clearly changing. Like, CDs were going away. The The digital age was already on its way with Napster and all that stuff, digital stuff. And a lot of, you know, we would send out press kits. And that year of 04, I just felt like, I felt like we were doing all this work and, uh, you know, I was on a treadmill. I was running all these miles, but not going anywhere. Right, right, right. And I felt that, you know, this is this is a time for me to, to jump and do something. And I, I pulled the trigger. I did it. I just said, all right, I'm done. And, and also, too, like, there was, a, there was a little, very little tension in the band's like I, I was, I was just getting sick of you, you know. You're in a band, you're married to five dudes, so right, right, <laughs> you, right, right. Like, you know, like that stuff was going on, and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm getting older, you know. It's a work is this. I think I was still going to college at the time, you know, working a full time job, going to college, 
And I said, fuck college. And I ended up going to, you know, I ended up moving out to California to, to venture in something that I wanted to do at the time. Okay. And that was it. And they tried, they replaced me a couple of times and it, and, and I heard the stuff, you know, we were all friends and they tried to continue on without me, which I, I embraced that. I was like, go do it. And so don't let me stop. Keep going. You know, my writing wasn't coming, coming around. You know, I was like losing interest in the instrument too. So that was the other part of it. But they got a couple of really awesome players to come in. I can't remember some of the guys' names, but like they escaped me. But I remember I was like impressed. I was like, "Wow, you got those guys to replace me. That's cool." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "I said that's awesome, man. I I hope it. I hope it works out." And then, uh, and that's when the second skin adventure started going with John. Because I think I think I was in California for like four or five months, and then you know I would keep track and. I remember talking with John 3000 miles away and he said, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm in this new band now. And I was like, Oh yeah. And he told me who the guys were. It's like, it's the guys from slow drown and all that. I was like, Oh shit. I said, that's awesome. I hope it works, man. So when you were in California, did you, were, were you doing any music while you were out there or were you just taking a break from, from playing? Oh, I was the, the music part of me was almost, was practically dead at that point. And I was not, I was not doing anything with music. All right. So, you know, obviously eventually, you know, I guess you came back and bind came back together. Um, and I saw you guys, I don't remember who it was, but I did see you guys open at, at Starland for somebody, Um, uh, in this moment. Okay. All right. It's just, it's funny because I remember, you know, I had been familiar with you guys from Oh four and then I had followed, you know, John with Second Skin, and then when you guys came back, and he's like, ah, some of you guys might remember me from Second Skin, but this is my new band. I was like, this ain't your fucking new band. This is the band from before. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, how did how did uh, you coming back and, and the band getting back together, how did all that come, come about? I came back, when I came back to Jersey, it was like 07-ish, I believe, and I wanted nothing to do with music. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, I, in fact, I came back. I think I was in town for like not even a week, and I ended up going to see Second Skin at the Art Center. They they won that uh, that rat contest or whatever, and they had the rat stage at you know by the fountain, the old fountain at the Art. Yeah, Center. that was the Family Values tour, right? I think so. Yeah, whatever year that was, and you know. I, it was fun because I saw a lot of old faces, you know, and old old friends. I was like, this is, you know, this is cool. And, and I'm watching them perform on stage and you get, you get the little bit of the itch of like, oh man, I could be up there. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? It is what it is. Let me, let me just do my thing. Let me enjoy myself. Well, you know, I'm just back, I'm back in Jersey a week and I'm like, it's all right. It's starting again. But uh, I got back playing uh george from second skin the bass player he this was some months after he was like hey man you want to you want to i'm kind of jamming in a side project and i was like oh cool you know with who and it was uh i don't know if you've heard of a band called unseen vision it'd been around a long time this guy scott uh scott he was like the front he was the front man of this band and uh He's been he's been in the scene for a long time. Cool dude, excellent voice, very good singer, very talented musician. He's like a jack of all trades, and um, he, uh, you know, I started jamming with those guys for a little bit, and now I'm playing. I'm like, all right, I'm playing again, and everybody else knows what's going on, and then that project didn't work, and I and somehow I think John John called everybody, called Keith, called the bass player, you know, got everybody. He's like, let's just get in the room. We're not going to go in the basement. We're going to go into a rehearsal studio. And so we went into the rehearsal studio and barely had to practice the songs because we knew them all. <laughs> <laughs> and, it ju- and it just worked out. And that's when we started you know, writing and recording, rehashing some old material that we had and just kind of find, we're trying to fine tune it and just see where we can go. 
Okay, and so you you guys were you know recording like you just said, and the, there was a lot of talk on on now we've gotten into the time where Facebook was was more of a thing. You guys, there was a lot of talk on Facebook about having a record come out, and then you guys split and it never happened. What what happened there? I'm trying to remember the situations and the scenarios. I I I, I felt like we were beating a dead horse. I know the the drummer was, you know, he was practically married at the time. You know, he had his house, yeah, or his apartment or whatever. You know, we we were growing up, and it just like tensions were kind of going. We wanted like it just felt like like the drummer just kind of wanted to have fun and sit back and not get stressed out over stuff like that. Me, when I get involved with something, I'm like I'm full in. I said, I can't take a break. That's just not how I am. Let's let's just go. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And when we were doing like the recording sessions, it like it, recording the drums almost didn't happen. <laughs> Literally the morning we were supposed to go to the studio to lay down drum tracks. It was like it was like a pulling teeth trying to get him to do it. It's like wow. the old, you know, the old saying, it's like, oh, the guy quit the day of the show. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> that did that didn't happen, but that's what it felt like. Okay. And and also we before we we recorded two songs in Staten Island with a guy with a, with a Grammy award winning Ed Reed. What's his name? <laughs> okay. And I think was it Ed Reed? I think that's his name. Anyway, he just won a Grammy like that year, and you know the guys from Second Skin. They were working with him. We wanted to record two songs, and it was it was like pulling teeth doing it. It was not a fun experience. Mm. And we ended up taking those songs and taking all the the copies of those songs, and we went back to the to our old friend um, Erica Vortek, which uh, unfortunately he passed away uh, a few years ago. Unbelievable talent, unbelievable engineer, unbelievable cool dude. And it, he he was like the number one guy at Traxy Studios, other than Eric Rachel, who owns that studio. But er- Eric Vortek was like his number one guy. And he, ironically, we mentioned in this moment, he recorded the, that first in this moment record, I believe. Okay. And in fact, we were the fir- when we did the Sound of Suffer EP, we were the first band after in this moment i believe that that was the rumor that's what we were told okay so we heard we heard beautiful tragedy before it came out (laughs) and he was like listen to these clean guitars like the intro to beautiful tragedy by in this moment it was like oh dude that sounds awesome it's like oh it's a chick singer that's cool man (laughs) And, and and sure enough they're like one of the bigger heavier acts today so yeah it's funny you mentioned sound to suffer uh i still have that bouncing around on my computer or my phone That's and at awful. that at that show you know in 2004 you guys were i think you guys had thrown a couple of t-shirts out into the crowd and i was too fat to fit into the t-shirt that i caught so i gave it to my chick she still wears it Oh, that's awesome, man. Hey, man, I know the feeling, too. Is that we had to, when we made those shirts, we specifically made, like, a couple of, because we had a lot of big friends that would come out to the show, and so we made sure we tried to make a couple, like, doubles and triple Xs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we tried, so, at least. <laughs> so, so what, uh, what ultimately, you know, you said that the, you know, it was sort of difficult getting the recording done. What ultimately uh, caused you guys to split again? Probably me. <laughs> again <laughs> i used to joke with everybody it was like i'm I'm the reason why the band died two or three four times i i was just done i could yeah. I, I couldn't be in the room you know again from a, from being in a band not a friendship standpoint it was like I, I was just tired you know nothing nothing was good enough for the singer the recordings for me when i listened to those songs that we recorded i think we we got eight songs or something like that when I listen to it, I hear cool ideas, but there's no heart. I can feel that when we play. Not to sound all philosophical and crazy. Oh, believe me, I'm not an artist. But like that's what it feels like to me. It's like I never look at myself as an artist. But like I, I would listen to those tracks fresh and even... I I listened to them just recently because I sent them to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and I wanted to make sure that they were the better quality versions that we had. And the unfortunately, what you got that's that's not even the final product. It, it, it never got finished. I never the singer he went in and did all the vocals on his own. None of us were there. We weren't all there for the mixing of the album with the sounds and and everything like everything you would do normally when you do an album it's like some guys have input some guys don't it was like there was nothing there and i was never and i've said this to the singer the the, to the singer john I, i've always told him i said i was never happy with any of the vocals i said i think that we rushed it just to get it done and that to me was like a big thing i was like i can't i can't work like this so Right. I ended up splitting and it was funny when I left the guitar player Jim, he he ended up getting a job or he ended up moving with his girlfriend up north. So right when I quit, they they hired another guitar player, this this kid Zach, young kid, who was phenomenal. We call him Zach Wild for a reason. <laughs> and he he was like if you put me and Jim as a guitar player and you put us and you put us together, but better. This was this kid Zach. <laughs> okay. He had he had all the elements that I was good at. He had all the elements that Jim was good at. And he was his own guy. Cool, laid back dude. No arguments. He was always cool. And I was in the room when they picked him to be the guy. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, this kid. I said, this kid, I was like, I got no reason to be here. He came in prepared. I remember the rehearsal. You know, he, he came in and he just he just nailed every song. He was playing stuff that I would play with effects and he would be playing them clean. You know, he would actually be like, I, he's not cheating the part. And I'm like, holy crap. I said, hey, I'm done. I said, let this kid take over, man. And Jim ended up moving, and then Keith ended up moving. So the Keith ended up the drummer. He ended up moving out to to Colorado shortly after, and then that was it. It was done. I was retired. <laughs> now I'm just curious. You said Jim moved north, North Jersey, or north, north? Uh, north Jersey. Okay, because that's where I'm at. Yeah, I I don't remember where he was. His his girlfriend they they got a uh, they got an apartment up there and. Jim was starting a new job, and his his girlfriend, now wife, she got a job in the city. So they moved up there to be close. Okay. To, to the city. So and like, he literally said, "I'm moving up north." Like the day I said, "This is my last practice. I'm done." You know, and it was like, oh, and then it just ended up falling apart at that point. All right, and then just to sort of cap off the the bind stuff, just because I was always a fan of his voice, is do you know if John is doing anything anymore? I haven't really seen anything else from him. Uh well, th this can start the transition of getting into the Slave Revolt stuff, kind okay. of. Okay. All right. So, about where we're in 2020 right now, I would say like around 2016, somewhere around there, 2015, 2016. I John had called me and he said, "Come down to the basement. I got a different drummer. Zach is still there." And I'm like, "All right, cool." I come down and I listen to what they got and we start writing a couple of tunes. And then, you know, J John wanted to keep going. John was done with Second Skin. He wanted to keep going and and do his thing. And he just couldn't find the right group of guys. And he, you know, we we loved each other in the band and as friends and everything. It was like you know, eh, why not? I haven't played in a few years. Let's uh, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll come down. And then it started to turn into we're in the old bind headquarters, the basement. So in case if I refer as the basement, that's what it is. John was trying to get the best musicians that he knew and get them all in a room together, and and write and write great songs. John had a vision of what he wanted to sing. He would tell me this and he goes, this is what, I, like he would play songs. He's like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I look around the room and I tell him privately, I said, well, you know, you got a drummer that is all about death metal and you have a rockabilly guitar player in Zach and you have me who is, you know, I, I, you know, I, at the time I'm listening to like a lot of dream theater and a lot of progressive and, and, you know, a lot of the proggy stuff that I can't play, but that's what I want to do for me. 
and I'm and you know some other guys are coming in and I, and I look at him I was like this is these are the wrong guys he goes yeah but you guys are good musicians yeah but that doesn't mean that we want to play what you want to do and you can't force you can't force it out so I ended up splitting again <laughs> I'm like, it's a, there's a theme to all of this unfortunately but it was like you know I, I can't jam with you man you want to do something that I, I can't provide and so but John John would find these songs and he would do his vocals over top of them uh, there's a there's a program I think it's called I want to say it's Bandcamp but it, that's not what it is but there's no, something that's a, that's a that's a website Yeah there's a website where uh, the company uh, Cakewalk makes it and it's it's a website you sign up for it and it's it's like a musician's social network it's like i can write a song upload it on this website you can take it and add to it and you can like it, it can go through like all these musicians around the world and you can add stuff to it and to put it out there huh. so that's that is what it's cool but it's also very weird to me it's it's a weird thing because it's like what can stop me from taking that song and saying that i did all of it re-record it and put it out there I, I it's a weird thing with me but um that's what he was doing and he got together with uh he ended up getting jim down in the basement he ended up getting a couple of other guys zach was still down there uh the drummer was still down there and greg Antine. do you remember a band called majul not ringing a bell these guys were they they played a lot like in the in you know mid late 90s early 2000s mid 2000s these guys were phenomenal a phenomenal band and i i don't know if they have any of their stuff out there but they were they were really good unique sounding great players very creative very cool dudes and we played a couple in binds we played a couple of shows with them and it was like unbelievable and and actually mikey the drummer of that band jammed with with bind for a year before we brought keith back that was like an 09 or 2010 or somewhere around there we were jamming he jammed with us for a year but we only played a couple of shows because majul was done but uh greg popped up out of nowhere and he was jamming with a bunch of people and greg was also have you heard of the band Disciples of Verity? Yes, yes. Greg was one of the founders of that band with George. Okay. He was, him and George were writing a lot of the material. And Greg, unfortunately, ended up leaving that project due to whatever reason. I don't know. It really, we, it was never really discussed. I think it was more like creative differences and whatnot. But, you know, that project is George's baby. So it was like... But Greg was jamming with him for a long time, and John got hurt. Got John got wind of that. Calls Greg, finds his number. He starts jamming down there. I got people telling me that Greg's jamming with John, and I'm like, well, how do I get involved with that? That's cool. Like Greg was a Greg is a hot commodity. Everybody wants to work with him. So now we fast forward, I guess, to like 2018, the summer. I'm down there, Greg's down there, Jim's down there, we got Zach Wild, we got, not the Zach Wild, but our, our the kid Zach and, you know, the drummer, and, and we're jamming songs, and I went down to check it out, and their bass player, like, just up and quit, no one heard from him, and I was like, I'll play bass, this is cool, <laughs> which I'm, I'm actually originally a bass player, too by uh by nature so got my bass out i didn't have any gear i just had the bass and fresh strings and they had an amp down there and just started plugging away and greg was greg is always doing like solo stuff on the side and we're jamming as a band and greg is sending john his solo stuff and i hear it i'm like why aren't we playing this i was <laughs> like what like what are we doing this is fantastic this is some great stuff and next thing i know Greg asked me if I wanted to play on one of the songs that he that he was going to go record. And I was like, oh, cool. It was like a recording out of, the, you know, in the studio, blah, blah, blah. We're doing this. I was like, yeah, whatever you want me to do, I'm in. And he goes, dude, we're coming in. You want to lay down some bass tracks? I was like, all right, sure. They laid down the song. I came in. I didn't even have a bass with me. They called me after work. They're like, yeah, come over now. And I'm like, all right. So I go to the dude's house go downstairs everything was cool laid down bass tracks and uh i ended up like co-mixing it 
with uh, with the engineer. I was like, oh, dude, let's make it sound like this. Let's make it do like that. Blah blah blah. John put vocals on it. It was like the best thing that we've done in years. <laughs> Just one song. It was uh, it was really cool. And and I think the song is out there. I think it's on like a SoundCloud or something like that. I think John has it out there. And it was like a really cool like. It's got a really cool like Jane's Addiction vibe to it, and I think I, I laid down the bass tracks and I laid down uh, an acoustic guitar track like underneath everything to kind of give it some depth, and it, was, it ended up coming out really cool, very different than what we've all wanted to do. And then the basement experience after that was like again the same thing started happening. It's like you can't force this kind of material out. Like you're I, again, I'm looking around the room and I'm just like, yeah, you could feel the tension. And it's like, you know, the singer all oh, play stuff like this, play stuff like that. And no one's really feeling it. No one's having a good time. And Greg asked Jim to lay down a guitar track on a song. We go back. He, they go back to the same studio. They lay stuff down. Next thing you know, Jim's about to, he's J- Jim's doing other songs. So Greg had asked Jim to do uh, like a demo or like an EP. Like it, was, it turned into, it was supposed to be like a three song demo or a five song EP. It was New Year's Eve, 2018, you know, about to be 2019. And Jim comes over my house. He's like, yo, you, you should hear the stuff that me and Greg are doing. I was like, oh, okay. He plays it in the car and I'm freaking out. I'm like, whoa, uh, what is this? And some of those songs I'm hearing are what's out now on the Slaver Bolt album. And I'm like, how do I get myself involved? Like, literally, the gasoline was poured on the fire and, and, and shit just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how do I get myself involved in this? I call Greg. I'm like, dude, what what do I got to do? What, whatever you need me to do. He's like, oh, come to the studio. I was like, I'm there before you, you know, what, where, you know, where do I got to go? So what turned into what Greg and Jim were doing, I go down to the studio, I'm checking it out and I'm like, dude, I, I have an idea for a song. And the engineer turns around and hands me a guitar goes, lay it down. And I'm like, all right. And added to one of the songs. And I'm like, this is so cool. I'm like, this is awesome. It's fun sounding. It feels fresh to me. You know, it's we didn't reinvent the wheel, but it was like it was exciting. Right, right. And then next thing I know, Jim starts laying down vocals. Jim's like, I got an idea for vocals, and it turned into this project that Greg, Jim, and myself are now a part of, and we start again it turns into a three song demo into a like five six song ep to a nine ten song album that's that's how slaver vault started wow we start we started like very late 2018 i got myself involved in like february of 2019 the basement project was done at that point and next thing you know we're like every week we're going into the studio and we're laying down tracks, laying down ideas. And we were very, very, very lucky with the engineer. The, the guy's name is Jay. And he's got a studio called uh, Gorgrin Studios in Toms River, New Jersey. This kid, he's younger than us too. He's he's like in his early 30s. And he is, a, he's like an idiot savant. He's a phenomenal drummer, a phenomenal guitar player, great songwriter. He's, he's like all about the metal scene, a great producer. He, he got stuff out of, I can only speak for me, but he got stuff out of me, made me a better player in the studio. It's like, oh God, the, here comes the click track again. It's like, oh, here we go. <laughs> you know, like, like you're, it's like, I haven't done this in years. And now it's like, it's second nature. And he, he deserves a lot of credit on this album. You know, he, he actually wrote, he wrote pretty much all the drums that you hear on the record and you know he's he he worked with all of us and that was the cool thing about this project was that we've never done anything like this before we would literally go in and we would write on the fly we would have an idea we would demo the idea we bring it in and we was like you know okay we're going to record the guitar track and then next thing jay would stop and he goes i have an idea so like, oh, okay and he would write down literally write the drum track right in front of us he goes play the riff and match these beats to your picking and stuff like that and it was like whoa it was like all right that's cool <laughs> you know <laughs> And next thing you know, we're we're writing an album that pretty much took all of 2019. 
Well, no, not all of 2019. I think we were we were done by we really started digging in like in March of 2019, and I think we were digging right into the end of October, I think, or right in the beginning of October, somewhere around there. Okay, and so you know the album just came out on the 15th. I was just wondering, you know, how has the the, all this coronavirus and the quarantines and all this bullshit how has that impacted your plans surrounding the release of the album oh it sucked this whole thing sucked because we we started rehearsing you got to remember too there's only three of the guys in the band you got two guitar players and jim who's a guitar player he's singing right. he hasn't sang he hasn't sang sang like in front of people in a long time and he laid down all the vocal tracks on this album which which are killer and you know we didn't really have a band so we ended up this is now the lineup we ended up getting chris the bass player from bind ghost as you would know him as so he's playing bass on you know for for the live performances and uh mikey greg's brother he's back behind the drum kit so we started rehearsing like mid-summer mid mid i think it was like mid to end of july or august we started rehearsing just to learn the songs and you got to remember too we're, we're doing everything on the fly so it's like oh crap now, now we really got to listen to the songs and remember what we played so <laughs> and also making sure we can pull it off live which i i love to say we we can everything that we've been rehearsing we're pulling it off live there is a different feel to it because you got the bottom end is a little bit different and the drums are a little bit different but for the most part it's always different when you play live versus the CD anyway. It makes it more of a unique experience going to the show. So we were rehearsing. We were rehearsing. We were rehearsing. Getting, you know, making sure that the songs are going to be good. Uh, you know, and then the holidays came, which that, you know, we had a break. Everyone's got families. Everyone's got their own thing going. And we're still working on the, we're still working on the album as well. And then, you know, the new year came. We started getting in and, we literally had like one more song to finalize and then we were show ready. And then bam, the coronavirus just halted everything. All the stuff that we released, all the singles, everything that we, because we started doing it all like January 1st, we released the first single. And then uh, we got teamed up with a, with a publicity company and we ended up teaming up with a, uh, with a label and they liked what we were doing and everything just got put on pause and i think the album was actually supposed to drop like the beginning of april and they ended up pushing it back just because right so and because of the uncertainty of everything you know we we haven't we haven't jammed together in a band since march yeah it's, it's almost like two months to the day was the last time we, we were all in the room together so it shouldn't be that bad but but on the plus side of all this you know we're, we're releasing we're trying to do as much social media as we can you know with the with instagram facebook all that other fun stuff but like while this has been all going on we've been demoing for the next album like non-stop right right well i figure this this is this is definitely the best time to do that you can't really do anything else yeah exactly so like greg is doing greg's also jumping back and forth between between uh slaver bolt and he has a solo project called swim the current that he's been releasing some stuff out there uh, very different than what we're doing which is it's very cool uh very cool stuff that he's putting out too so those of you listening if you like the slaver bolt and you want to hear the other side of the other guitar player greg his project is called Swim the Current. Uh, very cool stuff. He just released a single the other day, and it's awesome. He had a vocalist on there. I forget his name. I think his name was Greg. Yeah, his name was Greg, too. And it's, it's, it's a really cool tune. Very mellow. Very cool stuff he's doing. That's awesome. Now, I know that, like I said, there, like you said, there's all kinds of uh, uncertainty right now with, with when and, and, and all of the things that I've been hearing. I've been saying that, you know, live events and specifically concerts is going to be the last thing to come back with when when all this coronavirus shit is over. But have you guys been at least discussing having some sort of a, uh, you know, a release show, even if it might be, you know, sometime next year? I, that's the plan. I mean, our plan is to keep going forward until until we physically can't do it. So, 
right now we're at that point where we're you know we physically can't get in the room together you know but we we were planning right about now to start booking the shows for the summer like we were were literally ready at that time like i said we needed like one more song just to kind of complete the set and to make sure everything you know you you knew the song like the back of your hand and then now it's just to go out and have fun but that was that was the plan and right now until we're told otherwise we're we're sitting tight i guess hopefully uh, that that you know that was the plan we already had in the beginning of the year february march you know we're releasing songs we're releasing stuff and some of the old promoters that i know they they contacted us through facebook they're like dude are you guys ready to play a show yet i'm like we just like we're not even rehearsing yet (laughs) (laughs) it's like i had some guys calling us like dude i got openings already we're in like a couple of like like one of them was a pretty decent show it was like this like you know, barbecue bash that I have all the time up at, um, it's up by you, uh, in Clifton, uh, Dingbats. Dingbats, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a, there was a pretty big show that was coming up that I think it was happening in June, I think. I couldn't tell you the name of the band, but the, the guy that, that books there was like, yo, I want to get you guys on this show. And I'm like, whoa, I was like, that's a pretty good show to get on for your first shot. And, you know. I said, wait for us to be ready, and then you know we'll book it. And then that all got thrown away, unfortunately. Yeah, man, I would definitely say, you know, and I said this, I've said this on the last few shows. You know, I'm, I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, I don't have any sponsors, but I, I, I always uh, sing the praises of Ghost Hawk Brewery. They're out of Clifton, so if you're ever in the area to play a show or whatever, definitely check them out. And yeah, man, I'm at Dingbats all the time. That's probably the the uh, the venue. At least of the, on the on the smaller end venues, that's probably the one I'm at the most. That was the last show that I went to before everything shut down. Was was up at at the Dingbats because it, that night uh, Overkill was supposed to be playing the Wellmont Theater and that got canceled. Yeah. But at Dingbats they had had a show that was originally supposed to be all like cover bands and tribute bands, and then uh, the band Swashbuckle, which is just a, a like a pirate death metal band. Yeah, I know those also, guys. Yeah, yeah. They, they were also on the bill. By the time I got there, all of the bands had canceled except for except for Swashbuckle and this like Slipknot tribute band. So it was just like, so the Slipknot tribute band headline, Swashbuckle played before them. It was a great show. But yeah, that was the last show that I did before shows stopped happening. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, I think we went to the last show that I went to before all this, which was actually one of my first shows in a long time. <laughs> we, we ended up uh, supporting our friends of ours, uh, this band called roulette. They, they've been on the rat a lot lately. They they got, they got a good, they got a pretty decent following and uh, they have a really good connection with the rat. And they, they played a rat show at the wonder bar. And so we went out, that was, I think March 5th. So that was like a week and a half before the, the lockdown of everything. So we went, everyone was, you know, jokes and everything about, ah, this virus, blah, blah, blah. And here we are in a, in a public place surrounded by people. Everyone's all, you know, shoulder to shoulder watching the show. (laughs) So yeah, that was, yeah, that was the last show that I went to. So, you know, you kind of touched on it earlier when you were talking about bind prior to the first, the first split and you were talking about you know, where things were going with the music industry. And so I always ask everybody that's on this show, how do you feel about like where the music industry has, has wound up and, and this thing now where, you know, everybody subscribes to Spotify, nobody buys CDs. They think that, oh, I don't need to pay for music. Bands make money at, sh- at the shows anyway. So who cares? How do you feel about that? It's, it's funny. Uh, I was just having a conversation with, with Jim the other day and we were talking about that. Like, you know, the, there's no hard copies of anything. And I, I think it's, it's a double-edged sword because if the technology was available when we were younger it, it, and, the record, and the record industry didn't change, I'm just thinking of the technology aspect of it. It's like, oh my God, like just imagine what we could have done back then. You know, I don't have to post flyers on the on telephone poles or walls, but that was part of the beauty of it. Like yeah, you said, yeah. you don't have a CD to hand out, you know, you don't have anything to give out. Uh, we went we went to that show at, at the Wonder Bar. Jim had uh, little 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 like palm size stickers with Slave Revolt and a little bit of a logo, and we handed them out to some people that you know, again. 
it, it, we were there to support our friends, but also it was kind of like, you know, we needed a show face because we're going to start playing shows soon. It's like, all right, let's see who these people are. And it was like the astonished look on people's faces when I handed them a sticker. They're like, oh, this is so cool. Like the excitement. Uh, there was, <laughs> there's a guy that runs a podcast. He was there. Um, and, and I remember handing him the sticker. He's like, I love stickers. This is so cool. Thank you. And it's like that physical <laughs> copy you know, having that physical, that physicality of something that you can touch. Yeah. Yeah. But as far as like with Spotify, I, I mean, right now, like in, in my, the way how I think I'm here to have fun, you know, if something happens great, you know, it, it's difficult. A lot of bands, you know, unless you're a big name act like Metallica, you know, or like those kinds of bands, like they tour, they can do whatever they want, and they should be okay because they own their music. So yeah. whenever you hear Metallica in a movie and all that, so that's all going to them. So that's their, you know, bands up and coming now. There's just so much. Everything sounds the same. Like the recordings. Like you listen to all these bands. They're, they're all like no one mics up anymore. Like you don't mic your your amp, you don't do any of that stuff. If if you if you want your guitar tone to sound like Meshuggah, guess what? It's gonna sound like Meshuggah now. <laughs> right, know? right, right. From the like, unfortunately, that's what we did. All everything <laughs> you hear, everything you hear on our album, not one amp was mic'd. Every it's all plugins and stuff like that. I mean, we fine tune it to make it sound like like my amp sounds like my guitar on the album when i crank it that's what it's gonna sound like live and I, that was good enough for me same thing with the bass tones it's like we wanted to, we wanted it to sound like the equipment that we have so that way when we go to play live it's not you know how many times you see especially local bands their their record sounds great and then they play live it's like ooh, they need to tweak their distortion you know it just doesn't sound right but yeah it's it's tough the spotify th i mean for me as a listener it's great i pay one fee a month and i have all this music i can download and and i have but from you know unless you're even some of the big name artists what was it? i think it was peter frampton last year or the year before he he like went to congress or something and he said he has his biggest hit that he ever wrote you know uh show me the way and yeah. he went to he goes this song was downloaded and streamed millions 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 of streams millions of downloads and he only made like four grand or something off of those downloads and streams for the year it was like some ridiculous number and i read that and i was like wow i said we're in strange times in the music world man i think i remember it i don't remember if it was spotify specifically but i do remember seeing this whole thing where like taylor swift was like protesting the 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 pay rates for some kind of stream i don't really you know i don't follow taylor swift and i don't do streaming but i remember hearing about how you know you think about it like she's pretty big and if somebody big like that you know has a gripe like i mean any any gripe is is relevant but but when you have somebody that big and she's like yeah this isn't right there's obviously something wrong yeah it it needs to be it needs to be re-looked at there's uh the, for those that li that are listening to this or that will and, and maybe you can check it out if you didn't see it there's a the joe rogan experience his yeah. podcast I, I i don't listen to him every day but like he had the guys from the black keys okay the two guys that are the, the they are the band uh, the two guys watch that episode of the guys from the black keys and they will tell you this is the record industry. And my god, my my head almost exploded with what they were saying. I was a whole as a this is what it's like now. They tell you what it's like then, they tell you what it's like now, and they will also tell you that they are extremely lucky that they had the success that they did because you know they have the ability and the freedom to say no to things where a lot of bands can't say no. It's like, all right, if this is what you want to do, you got to do it like this or we'll drop you. And that's it. And also there's another great Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know if he might have been on the Joe Rogan experience, too, or he, or he was talking with Howard Stern. 
I think it was Joe Rogan, but one of the most recent interviews he did with, uh, with, I believe it was Joe Rogan. He talks about the record industry and how, you know, they came back and they were doing their tour and he was, and, uh, Billy Corgan was like, you should see some of these contracts we have to sign. And like, literally like you thought streaming was bad. Like they have it in their contract clause of like saying if some anti-galactic weird, weird device comes and your music is being put on it. They're like, that's all part of the contract now. It's It was some ridiculous thing that they, and they had to sign it. And it was like this whole thing. I was like, dude, this is, a, the, the, the record industry is bizarre. And you know what? The flip side of it is this is, this is what happened, you know, with, uh, because of, it, it all falls back to Napster, you know, and as a musician and everything, Metallica was right the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> It really was. It's effortless in the digital world. You know, at least, you know, when you made copies of tapes or CDs, it's like you had to take the time to do it. You know, right, a CD right. took a couple of minutes. A tape took the entire length of the songs. <laughs> you know? Right, 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 right. So, but now, now it's like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm sending demos. Like I'm sending my, my singer, you know, demos of stuff that I'm doing that took me like eight hours to record. And then now I'm sending it to him and it takes like two seconds. It's, right, it's right, 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 right. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Insane. So, you know, you kind of already touched on it, but the only other thing I've got to ask is, uh, you know, what's next for you and what's next for the band? Right now, well, the album finally came out. We we did a lot with what you know with what the publicity team and and the uh, the label wanted us to do. So we did that, and you know the 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 album just came out on Friday, and now we the the plan was we were gonna be playing shows. That was the plan, and now we can't. So right now, regardless of what's happening between myself. And Jim and at least Greg, we're still pumping out material, you know, demoing stuff for whatever, you know, like I said to you earlier, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm recording an acoustic version of one of the songs we really, you know, that came out on Friday. Uh, we're gonna, we're just going to try to keep social, the, the, the social media stuff up that way. It's not dead by the time it comes back or by the time we try to get back to normal. Well, you know, you know, I mean, that's I mean, I would have asked you anyway, but that's how you wound up on here was you posted in the J Bunny Music Hub group that the album was coming out. And I was like, hey, you want to be on the show? Yeah, that, that's that's how it's it's doing. You know, it's the, the time is like finding all these groups and everything. But also it's it sucks, too, because it's like you don't want to bombard people like every other day. All right, here's this. Here's that. You know, even though for most of us, we are you know, we are home. There's not like how, how you, you can't spend all day on Facebook. You can't you can't be looking at your phone. You know, you can't be playing. I can't be sitting here playing guitar for five hours a day. I'd start losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, see, I, I it's so funny. I said to to someone recently, everybody's online and they're and they're and they're there's a, I've seen a lot of people on Facebook like, oh, since the quarantine, you know, I haven't had contact with another human being and and so long and like i can't relate because i've got a job that's considered essential and i still leave the house every day yeah it's it's bizarre man it's really bizarre it's like you you would think oh you text somebody they text you back right away what are you doing (laughs) a lot of people are home crazy uh it's it's nuts i i kind of wish that i had the time to like you know because the other thing with with my job specifically is i can't you know i don't have any downtime you know i wish i had more time to be on facebook and play video games and all that but i guess it's all a matter of perspective you know like like for the people that have been doing that for two months you know it's gotten old for for me who hasn't had the free time it'd, it'd be nice it's it's funny we uh a couple friends of mine every now and again when everybody was working normal like every now and again you you pop on the xbox and play some call of duty or whatever you know there's i got a group of friends that we still you know like like we're actually like physically physical physical friends not in the in the video game world but but we but we play you know we'll play xbox you know maybe once or twice a couple times during the week and it's like we made a joke like when the quarantine was happening like this is what we've all been dreaming for is playing video games when we were younger (laughs) (laughs) and no one's home no one's home no one's around to play nobody wants to play it's it's great it's so bizarre i love it it's like i had a friend the other day who posted a picture of him wearing like 
the face mask and he's like, you know, if, if I, you know, you know, I wouldn't have believed you when I was a kid, you know, if you told me as a kid that it was encouraged to go out in public looking like a ninja. <laughs> oh God. I've been, uh, well, it's funny, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy and I got, I got the beard and everything. So like some of these masks, it's hard to breathe in some of them, you know, and like I'm walking around wearing a freaking cowboy bandana. So walking into a store wearing sunglasses, bandana, and I'm like, eh, well, I don't look as ridiculous as everybody else. So. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, this, yeah, this whole thing is crazy uh, world we live in. But all right, man. Well, uh, that's that's all I've got for you today. Um, I want to thank you for being on the show. And I really hope that all of this shit clears up sooner rather than later, because I, I, you know, I would love to see you play live again. It's been it's been a long fucking time. from the album Journey to the Other Side that was Slave Revolt with Facing the Waters. That album is out now. You can get it 
anywhere that music can be bought or streamed or what have you, but please buy it. Please buy it. Uh, I want to thank Tuck for being on the show. Uh, you can follow his band Slave Revolt on Facebook and Instagram at Slave Revolt, on Twitter at Slave Revolt Rock, and you can also go to their website, slaverevoltrock.com, and the album is also available to purchase from there, in addition to everywhere else that music is sold. Uh, you can also follow Jay Bunny's Music Hub on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. Still trying to figure out Patreon content, but as I always say, until then, if you like what I'm doing and you want to throw me a couple bucks, it would be greatly appreciated. Also, if you believe in buying music like I have already emphasized, then please follow Industry Embers on Facebook or Twitter at Industry Embers, and make sure to post or tweet any music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Um, as for what is next for this show, for once, I have a lot going on with this show. Um, I went from having coronavirus and no concerts and just winter slump and all that stuff and not a lot to do, to having so much going on. Um, I have three other episodes already recorded and ready to be released, and I have emails out to publicists about trying to book things. I have emails from publicists asking me to book things, and I'm just trying to find the time to do it all, which is, I think, a first in the history of the show is kind of having too much to do. Uh, which is, this is not a complaint. That is great to have too much to do. As long as I don't have any technical difficulties or anything else, I have enough content to release a new episode a week for the next month. And I'm going to try my best to do that and just keep it going. Pretty Boy Jay has remained in touch with me since the three episodes that we have done. And he wants to keep doing the genre discussion roundtables so if anybody is interested wants to join us for some of those just hit me up at any of the socials let me know what sort of genre you'd be interested in talking about and we can try and set that up that's about it for now but like i said it's great that there's a lot going on i do hope that we get concerts back soon because i would love to be able to do these in person and just i just want to be able to go to shows again it's been been too long. I, I usually average two shows a month, and it's been two or three months of nothing. So, uh, having a little bit of a withdrawal, it sucks. But that's all I've got for you guys. I'm going to leave you today with another song from Slave Revolt from the album Journey to the Other Side. This is Embers. Until next time, guys.